for Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, Governor Brian Kemp and state health leaders like Dr. Kathleen Toomey could have done more to manage the public's expectations about the pace of the COVID-19 vaccine rollout in the state. So says Cody Hall, the governor's director of communications. Both the governor and Dr. Toomey repeatedly said that supply would always be less than demand, especially in those early days. Um, If I could go back and change anything, it would be to just say that even more times than we already did. Hall joins me for a conversation on how the rollout is going in the state. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. For weeks, state officials have told Georgians that COVID-19 vaccines would likely be in short supply for some time. But that's not slowed demand or stopped frustration among people looking to get inoculated. Cody Hall helps Governor Brian Kemp shape his public messaging as his director of communications. He's with me now for more on how the rollout is going. Cody, thanks for talking with me. Absolutely. So I want to start by talking about the vaccine rollout. Um, This is something a lot of people are watching uh, with very close attention. Now, Governor Brian Kemp yesterday said in a tweet that about two thirds of all of the vaccines shipped to the state have been administered. That's about 66%. Just to start, why isn't that number 100%? What are some of the barriers that y'all are looking at when it comes to actually getting these doses that have been received by the state into people's arms? I guess where I'll start is you typically see a larger shipped number pop up over the weekend, either Friday or over the weekend. Um, That's whenever the federal side actually shows that they have shipped a larger number of vaccines then we actually don't receive the vaccines until Monday night, Tuesday morning. Um, So that's why I believe in our our Sunday night tweet, we were closing in on 70% of total shipped administered. And then with yesterday's update, it drops back down about two thirds because we received a large shipment. And then throughout the week, you'll see that that percentage again creep up. That's just a byproduct of how um, the vaccines are shipped and how long it takes us to actually have them in hand. The other thing I would point to is that Um, We are continuing to do an appointment system. It's my understanding that most of our providers are doing appointments-based systems, and that is how the public health districts are administering the vaccine. So that 
in and of itself is going to create a little bit of a lag between when we actually have the vaccine in hand and when it is administered. That's a necessary step. It can be arduous at times and, and can be frustrating, but the appointments process allows providers, including public health districts, to get all the patient information they need. and It allows them to follow the proper safety protocols in terms of monitoring um, whoever has received the vaccine. And then it also allows or prevents rather any vaccine spoilage that um, if you thaw out too many and you're operating a first come first serve or walk up vaccine site and you thaw out too many, um, you run the risk of either spoiling the vaccine or having to utilize that vaccine on um, individuals that are not currently eligible, um, which, you know, as, as Dr. Toomey has said, um, we would rather put a shot in an arm than see that shot spoiled. Um, but obviously, the first priority is to get um, the shot administered to someone who's currently eligible. So this is that one third. Those could be vaccine appointments that have been booked but haven't actually happened. Yes? Right. Not only on first doses, but also on second doses. And, and so I think to a member of the general public, they certainly understand that there is a queuing process here. Um, but if that number is two-thirds that have been administered of, of those that have been shipped, what number do y'all want that to be? In an ideal situation, what, what is that number? Yeah, I, I don't know if I have a good answer to that question um, because I think it depends on not only the percentage of administered shipped, it also depends on how many we're actually getting shipped, right? So if we are getting a boosted allotment and that percentage of administered ships drops, that's not necessarily a bad thing because depending on whether it's Johnson & Johnson or if there's an increased allotment, it takes time for our system to get that increased allotment and then distribute it to all the providers in the public health districts. We have internally talked about, um, you know, we are, are relatively confident that we can get to 80% of administered shipped by the next two weeks. Um, but again, that's going to be dependent on whether Johnson & Johnson gets approved quicker than we believe or if something else happens with vaccine supply. Because um, as, as someone who's kept tabs on this pretty thoroughly, um, you know that the amount states are receiving or have been told that they would be receiving has changed umpteen times between last fall and now. So we're obviously hesitant to put out any projections of what we're able to get administered based on what is shipped because we only control one side of that equation. We don't control the shipped. We only are able to control the administered. I want to talk a little bit more about that because certainly supply constraints are a big challenge here for the state. And it was last week, uh, last Tuesday, I believe, that Governor Kemp and Dr. Kathleen Toomey from the Department of Public Health said that they weren't clear when Georgia would be getting more allotment. That very same day, hours later, the Biden administration said that states would be getting more. Was that decision a surprise to y'all? Because it kind of made me wonder what kind of communications y'all were having with the Biden team about how many shots Georgia would be getting. That may have been the second or third day of the Biden administration. Um, and I think that was their first call with governors and state leaders that day where they said that we would be getting an increased allotment. I think the call was later that afternoon and we had like a two or three o'clock press conference. So, well, first we knew that they were telling us we would be getting more that afternoon. Um, we wanted to verify that our state system actually showed that we would be receiving those doses before um, we went out and, and told the public that we were indeed getting more. It, it was our 
our same standard operating procedure under, under the Trump administration, um, but we wanted to be careful that before the governor or Dr. Toomey stand up and tell folks that we have more vaccine on the way, that we either actually have that in hand or it has updated with the state system to show that those doses are on the way. So again, it was their well, second or third day in office, um, so I'm, I'm not casting aspersions um, there in, in how quickly they were able to notify us, but look, as soon as those numbers hit the state system, we automatically put out a press release saying that we were getting more doses um, and that it was welcome news that that was happening. What kind of conversation and contact have y'all had with Biden's COVID team? I, I know that we're only you know a little bit into their administration, but what is that relationship shaping up to be like and how do you expect it to be different than working with the Trump team? Yeah, I mean, I've been pleased, and and I think our entire team and and the governor has been encouraged that they um, have continued with state calls with governors, um, keeping us apprised of updates as they have them. Um, we understand that they're still trying to get their arms around a lot of the um, issues that go along with trying to, to distribute a bunch of vaccine out to the American people. Moving forward, we hope that those conversations continue. Um, there's obviously been talk of more federal involvement in mass vaccination sites, but again, in a lot of these different scenarios, there may be a disconnect between what is said in the media and what actually ends up happening. So our job as a state um, is to continue forward and proceed as if there is not going to be more federal aid in terms of mass vaccination sites. Um, and that's what we're going to continue to do. Obviously, the the full funding of the National Guard is going to be a, a help um, as we move forward and as we receive more supply and expand our vaccination criteria. Um, so that was welcome news as well. And look, you know, um, as we're sitting here today, it may be old news by this afternoon. Things in not only in COVID, but absolutely in the vaccine uh, distribution world change very rapidly. Um, so it's our job to continue to remain um, nimble and adapt um, to whatever may come our way. And just to, just a note there for listeners, the Biden administration has extended uh, funding for National Guard troops. This takes some of the financial burden off states to actually support their their efforts. I want to talk a little more about demand because it's obviously outstripped supply, and this is something that you know the governor, Dr. Kathleen Toomey, have talked about frequently. But I wonder if what we're really looking at here is not just a supply and demand issue, but an expectations issue for the public. Would you change how y'all communicated about the real constraints on supply here and what that would mean for how long someone might have to wait to get a vaccine? Sure. I mean, if you go back and, and watch our press conferences from the very beginning on vaccine distribution, um, both the governor and Dr. Toomey repeatedly said that supply would always be less than demand, especially in those early days. We urged caution. We urged patience. Um, if I could go back and change anything, it would be to just say that even more times than we already did. Um, but look, I think in some of these scenarios, you have to be careful not to overestimate the ability of any government official to urge patience and for that to be heated when it is a life-saving vaccine that there is a limited supply of and the American people are very excited to get the vaccine. Government officials can only do so much, but of course, you know, the buck stops, at least in the state here, and, and, and I understand and and certainly the governor understands that we have to continue to urge patients. We have to continue to urge folks to keep calling, keep trying to make appointments um, when they can. But, you know, moving forward, we will continue to harp on the fact that um, at this point, 
supply continues not to be able to meet demand. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? I'm Sam Whitehead talking today with Cody Hall. He's the Director of Communications for Governor Brian Kemp. We're discussing the COVID-19 vaccine rollout in Georgia. The governor himself has said that he's been frustrated by the rollout. He understands people's frustrations. I I'm wondering, is the fact that people are frustrated here, can, can we not see that as some kind of communications breakdown? That as much as the governor might have urged patience, that that message really didn't reach people? I mean, I think it's it's a lot easier to Monday morning quarterback now of, of, of what we could have done, what we should have done. I think one of the, the very important things um, for those in the media to consider is that, well, typically, whether it's a flu shot or a different shot that folks are able to get or a vaccine, there's a ready supply. You can go to your local well, pharmacy, you can go to your local Publix, your local Kroger, and you can get that shot. With the COVID-19 vaccine, it was a miracle of modern science that they were able to get it out this quickly, but it was not available in the numbers of what you would see for a flu vaccine or um, or any other kind of vaccine that folks can go to their local supermarket and get administered. So it was a paradigm shift, I think, for the public that this vaccine was going to be in limited supply. But I think the governor's frustration that, that you alluded to was one that, you know, I think there could have been, and the governor and Dr. Toomey both have said that there could have been better communication between the state and providers early on to ensure that they knew that um, for previous vaccinations, I think most providers had 30 days to report that vaccination. With the COVID vaccine, that was changed to 24 hours. And given the fact that that initial shipment of vaccine usually went to providers and hospitals and folks that were already strained fighting the COVID-19 pandemic, many of them were unable to, at least in the early days, dedicate staff to uploading their administrations into the GRITS or the state reporting system in a timely manner. Our, our numbers have started to trend in, in the right direction. I think our hospitals and some of the large providers have gotten used to the now 24-hour requirement on reporting. Um, so that's why you've seen us you know, report double our weekly allocation many weeks, um, especially since the 1st of, of January. And we hope that, that that progress continues. How do you communicate effectively to people that not only do they need to be patient, but they need to be prepared to be disappointed? Yeah, and I think, you know, the governor was very clear in one of our press conferences admitting that, um, and not just admitting, but making sure that folks knew that, that phone lines would go down, websites would crash, because um, when you look at the previous demand we had for testing, Dr. Toomey herself said that this was 10 times that. And even some of your private sector partners who have had um, long-standing IT systems for scheduling and for administration of, of vaccines, they even had well, significant IT problems handling the demand. Um, now, in a big picture way, that's a good thing, that, that people want to get the shot, they want to get vaccinated, and we're encouraged by that. But it's also um, at least a, a note of caution for um, all of us involved in, in the distribution and those in the media that this is, you know, we, I feel like a, a word cloud of 2020 would have had unprecedented up there um, in, in big, bold lettering. And I think that out of everything, this was, in fact, an unprecedented, well, mission, if you will, that the state, the country, the people of our state, the people of our country have had to undergo with this vaccine being sent out um, all across the state and all across the country. 
along with this real outsized kind of intense demand, there's been a lot of questions about when the state might be able to move into the next phase of vaccination, move out of group 1A plus, and it doesn't seem like there's a really clear timeline. I'm wondering why that is. Why can't the state say this is the exact date when we can move into the next phase? And what helps the state get to that next phase faster? Sure. I think the first thing I would say on on giving a, a specific date when we would move into a new criteria is the fact that we did that last time. And even though we were crystal clear in the timing and the reasoning and the amount of supply we would have, there was a significant amount of confusion um, among the public and among the media um, on why we were doing what we did and how that would move forward. So I think looking ahead, while the Biden administration has essentially given us a three-week window saying that that supply um, would continue for three weeks, that 146,000 doses a week, that's another consideration that I think the last thing any governor, any state public health commissioner wants to do is to put a date out there and then for whatever reason, the supply chain is interrupted or we are unable to get the amount of supply necessary to expand the criteria and then have to walk back any date you put out there. But again, I think, you know, as soon as we are able to make that um, or, or to plant that flag in the ground, I know Dr. Toomey and the governor both would like to do that. Um, we just have to be cognizant of essentially what we talked about earlier, that when you give a press conference and you put a date out there with all of the context and all the qualifications, that doesn't necessarily always make it into headlines that people read, and it doesn't always necessarily make it into sound bites that people hear. So we have, you know, as state officials, um, and, and the governor has made clear to us that we have to be very methodical about this process um, and only move forward when the data shows that we were able to do that you don't control what the headline becomes. But I think that that kind of assumes that y'all couldn't do more to control this message. I mean, was there regret around announcing this expanded phase 1A plus a few weeks in advance and how that rollout went? Because it just seems like people were confused. Were there discussions that y'all had about you could have done more as the state officials in charge of this to make sure that people understood this? Yeah, I mean, look, I think in the communications world, which is where I work, and then obviously for the governor, we could always do better. That's his charge to us, that we can always do better, we can always improve, we can always make sure that we're serving the people of our state um, as best as we possibly can. I don't think anyone on the team has any regrets about doing what we did in terms of expanding 1A to 1A plus with those over 65 becoming eligible and some more of our, our first responders who weren't included in the first classification because the data backed up that that was necessary to do in order to get the most vulnerable vaccinated. And given the supply demand kind of quandary we were in in rural Georgia and, and metro areas, um, given the kind of disparity um, that we were seeing in a couple of those um, areas. So, look, I think everyone on the team believes it was the right call. I think if you were to ask those seniors who were able to get vaccinated um, before the CDC even recommended that they should be eligible. I think those folks would be very grateful that we expanded the criteria early. Yes, there were bumps in the road in terms of folks scheduling appointments. Um, that was always going to be the case. So I think, again, given the data then and the data now, I think we've made the right call. 
one of those bumps that people have run into is just really overwhelming call volume, request volume, swamping uh, public health agencies. And I think the other side of that are these public health workers who have been, at this point, working for a year to fight the pandemic in the state. Uh, WABE obtained an email um, last week showing that that agency has frozen time off for its staff because it needs them to roll out the vaccines. What kind of signal do you think is being sent to these public health workers who have been worked hard for a year, have been told they can get no break, when with that, there is little to no state money allocated to Department of Public Health in the governor's uh, budget recommendations? Well, I think the first thing is that the governor and Dr. Shumi both have been very clear about how much we appreciate the incredible work that public health workers are doing on the ground and have been doing for a year now. Um, again, I think they have been asked to do more than they ever have. And I think it's an inspiration to all of us here in the state that they have stepped up to the plate and they have went above and beyond the call of duty each and every day, whether it was testing, contract tracing, and now obviously with vaccine distribution. I, I think, as Dr. Toomey said in her, her budget presentation, um, the department is receiving over a billion dollars or has received part of and will continue to receive over a billion dollars in federal funds. Some media outlets have pointed out that that's one-time funding, and that is correct. However, those one-time funds have been used um, to increase lab capacity, to build out infrastructure that was not previously there. Um, so those, at least some of those one-time funds are going to be paying dividends to the people of the state and, and our public health infrastructure for years to come. I think as you look at a billion dollars in terms of um, what that can do in additional staff and additional resources, the governor's commitment um, and Dr. Toomey's commitment is that, look, if, if there are needs um, that have not been met and can't be met by current funding allocations, then we can absolutely have those conversations. Um, and, and I think the governor and Dr. Toomey both have been very open to having those conversations. I wonder more just about personnel. I mean, this, this pandemic is not the last one that many public health experts say we could potentially face. I mean, how, how do you encourage people to come work in the state public health corps with the promise of being worked hard for a year and maybe only getting a, a thanks for that? I think that there are challenges not only in public health, but I mean, obviously, certainly in, in public health, given the pandemic, but also across state government, where um, there is obviously a a disparity between a lot of state government officials and, and their pay and what you could get in the private sector. I don't think anyone goes into public service and state government to get rich. Um, they do it because they have a passion for their work, and, and that's certainly true of our public health officials. But again, um, the governor in previous budgets has proposed pay raises for state employees. Um, given where we were um, a year ago, or almost a year ago, in terms of um, what COVID-19's potential impact could be on the state budget. Um, the governor and our team, including Dr. Toomey, felt it was necessary to make sure that um, we enter what could be an uncertain next well, six months to a year um, with as many options on the table in terms of, of funding, rainy day fund, um, to ensure that we are continuing to provide essential services to the people of our state. Cody Hall is the Director of Communications for Governor Brian Kemp. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is Chief Content Officer. You can reach us at 
washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. It's also where you can leave us a rating and a review. That really helps others find the show. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. Have you donated to WAB yet? I know you've heard us talking about why it's important, but it doesn't have to be this big decision. You can give at whatever amount fits your budget. It can be a spur-of-the-moment thing. You already get so much out of public radio, so just go for it. Visit wab.org donate and become a member right now. And thank you.